We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we'll be talking about the recent news of the NBA bubble and how the playoffs have been going, as well as the seeding games. But let's get right into our first topic today, which is the eight seeding games that were played before the playoffs. And Henry... I mean, there were a lot of shocks in that first eight seeding games. I mean, you see the Phoenix Suns go 8-0, and they don't even get to make the playoffs. That was a bummer. I mean, you see the Memphis Grizzlies drop out of that eighth seeding spot and give it up to Portland, which was kind of sad to see because Ja was having such a great rookie year, and I would love to see that Lakers matchup in the first round, but we did not get to see that. And I think partially that was probably because their uh, best young big man in Jaron Jackson Jr. went down with a torn meniscus earlier. It might have been in the second or third game in those seeding games. And, I mean, I just wish we got to see that young Memphis team in the playoffs, but we didn't. And I think, frankly, the Phoenix Suns were definitely the surprise of the bubble. And you really saw that in those first eight seeding games to decide what the playoff picture looked like. Yeah, I mean, I thought that definitely the Phoenix Suns shocked all of us going 8-0. and And they they didn't make the play-in game. And you would think, oh, you go 8-0 and to finish regular season, you should, you know, make the playoffs or make the play-in game. But they they had such a long road ahead of them coming into the bubble. They just couldn't quite make up for what they did in the regular season. And I think most of that had to do with the DeAndre 8-25 and game suspension and I think if he didn't get suspended they would have a better chance of making the playoffs but you know we see players that surprised us in the bubble like Devin Booker who completely took off offensively and we did not see that coming another one TJ Warren and Henry did you see him just going like that in the bubble and people call him bubble Jordan now no Elliot I did not see TJ Warren going off I had no predictions of him doing that I mean obviously he's a really good player but him averaging whatever 38 points per game in the bubble was insane but going back real quick to the Phoenix Suns my biggest takeaway from them isn't the fact that they went 8-0 in the bubble and didn't make the playoffs is that they went 8-0 and that next year they're going to be I think they're going to be a playoff team because there's a lot of young pieces there they're going to draft another young piece and they're only going to get better 
Devin Booker, I knew he had the talent to score. He's one of the best scorers in the league. It just He finally is starting to really put it together, and that Suns team has a lot of potential. Yeah, Henry, and you mentioned how they're just going to add another good young piece in the 2020 draft. So you have to think, this Phoenix Suns team has a lot of upside for the future, so I'm really looking forward to see them ahead. Yeah, and I think they found their young core, and they found the potential in Cameron Johnson. They found the potential in Macau Bridges, and I think those two pieces with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are really going to be a great, great group for the future. And like I said, I think this season, this draft, they're just going to add another young piece that they're that and Monty Williams is just consistently upgrading this team. And you know, we haven't seen the Sun in our lifetime. We haven't seen the Suns team you know, be a playoff team, be a contender. And I think we can see that in the next upcoming two seasons. Yeah, Ellie, the Suns are definitely going to be a team to watch for the future. But let's move on to our next topic today, which is the Nuggets. Their incredible comeback coming down from 3-1 and coming all the way back to beat the Utah Jazz. And in that series, we kind of saw who the number one scoring option is for this Denver Nuggets future. It's Jamal Murray. He absolutely went off in that first series. Him and Donovan Mitchell was the probably the most fun playoff series I've seen in a while. Going at it, keep they score 50 points consecutively. It's it's great to see players, you know, players just consecutively go at it, especially at the same position, and they're guarding each other. See, Elliot, I don't know what to think of this, uh, that series where the Utah Jazz choked a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I don't know what to think of it. Do I think of it as the Utah Jazz choked the series? Or do I look at it as the Nuggets go off and Jamal Murray has one of the best playoff series we've ever seen? So I just don't know what to think about it. But also, I want to uh, mention how you just said we saw who the clear number one scorer is for the future in Jamal Murray. I don't know if I exactly agree on that. Yeah, Jamal Murray had a couple great games in that series, had dropped 50 a couple times. But when you think about it, who went off in that game seven? Who hit the game winning or the go-ahead bucket in that game seven for the Denver Nuggets? That was Nikola Jokic. And I think he is the true leader for that team for the future. And I think Jamal Murray will be the Robin to Nikola Jokic's Batman in the future. You know, I was watching First Take the other day, and Stephen A. Smith made a very great point about the Utah Jazz. If they lose Donovan Mitchell, they're going to become a very, very bad team. So he made a point. He's like, they need to sign Donovan Mitchell to the largest contract that they can give him. Because if they lose him, no one, no one's coming to Utah in free agency. And the only way they're going to get better is out of the draft, which is still very low chances. And I think they have to sign him to a huge extension this summer or this fall. Yeah, and Henry, there are talks saying they might want to move Rudy Gobert out of Utah. So it's interesting what they do with that core, how they uh, mix it up after this uh, shocking 3-1 uh, blow up and choke, I guess you can say, of the first round series. 
And it was really looking bright. I mean, you saw Donovan Mitchell going off. You saw Mike Conley being a great sidekick to uh, Donovan Mitchell in that backcourt. You see Rudy Gobert stepping into his shoes and playing amazing defense, which he has been doing the past couple of years, winning Defense Player of the Year two years in a row. And it's just sad to see this Utah Jazz team that had a lot of upside to it get knocked out of the playoffs. But I think I can confidently say the better team won that series in the Denver Nuggets. I think we're kind of underrating the Jazz's future here. We we saw their starting small forward was Royce O'Neal in that series. And you got to remember who isn't in the bubble, and it's Bogdan Bogdanovich. He was one of their top scorers and a lethal three-point shooter and played great perimeter defense. And I'm not saying Royce O'Neal doesn't do that thing, doesn't do those things, but Bogdanovich just takes them to an extent that we didn't see in Indiana. And I think that we're really just underrating what the Jazz can do next season with Bogdan in the playoffs. Yeah, Elliot, and you see here that Bogdan Bogdanovich is their one of their best shooters, if not their best shooter. So you think about it, they lost a key piece from that three-point arc. He's a pretty good defender. So you lost a 3 and D player. Maybe that affects the outcome of the series. Maybe they can put him on Yoke or not Jokic, um, Murray, my bad. And maybe he could lock him up a little more than Donovan Mitchell could. Who knows? You can mix around that defense. And maybe the outcome of that series turns differently. Maybe Jamal Murray doesn't go off one of those two games. He dropped 50. Maybe they steal a win in one of those two games. He doesn't drop 50. So it's just crazy to see how one player could affect the series. And what also I think really helped them or helped the Nuggets actually win this series was the addition of Gary Harris and at the end of the series, I think Gary Harris was a huge help defensively. And you saw there in the last couple possessions of Game 7, he was the one to lock up Donovan Mitchell. He was the one to force the turnovers of Donovan Mitchell. And that's why I think the, what was the difference between those first couple games from the Denver Nuggets and those last couple games from the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, Andrew, definitely Gary Harris was a big difference in the Nuggets making a comeback, especially at the end of both game six and game seven. But let's move on to our third topic today, which is the Heat go up 3-0 on the Milwaukee Bucks. And if I can make a comment here, it's it's just how subpar Giannis Antetokounmpo's play has been in these first three games. I've been hearing a little bit of rumors that he is injured, but you know, for him to be playing as poorly as he is, I mean, they're leaving him wide open for three-pointers. It's it's insane for a player who who's probably going to win the MVP to just be a non-factor in the biggest playoff series that he's had. I mean, we've seen in last year's playoffs, and so far we've seen in this year's playoffs, the Bucks are not a playoff team. They are a regular season team, and I think most of that has to do with Coach Mike Boonholzer. He is playing Giannis Antetokounmpo, 34 minutes in the playoffs when when uh, Frank Vogel's playing Anthony, Anthony Davis and LeBron James at least 38 to 40 per playoff game. And I understand he likes to play in short spurts and just 
be an offensive and defensive monster in that time he plays. But you're down 3-0. It's the playoffs. You got to play him at least 38 minutes, at least 40 minutes in this game. Yeah, and I also think about the Bucs. I mean, you see Giannis struggling, but where's Chris Middleton at? I mean, Chris Middleton is your second star, or at least is supposed to be your second star. I mean, former All-Star, and this guy is hasn't showed up anywhere in the playoffs. I have to say, he has not shown up. And you have to think, why can't he drop 25 points, 30 points to get the Bucs in one of these couple games that they lost? But yet, he's a non-factor. The Heat are locking him up, and so did the Magic, honestly, lock him up in that first-round series. And now the Heat are taking advantage of him. The Heat are locking up Giannis. And now the Bucks have nobody to go to, no great scoring options. And I'm not even – I'm going to say this. I don't think Giannis is an amazing scoring option. I mean, his three-point shot's inconsistent. And you put guys in the paint, that guy's not going to score. I mean, yes, I'm not denying he's a star. He is a star. He's one of the best players in the league. But I do not think he is one of the best scorers in this league, and he needs to develop a three-point shot. And so far, the rest of the Bucks could not provide any help in the offense, and they are not scoring. That's their problem. You know, Andrew, it just shows how good of a coach Eric Spolstra is. I mean, with this time that they have to game plan, because in the regular, se- regular season, you don't see – teams game planning for every game. But when you're able to game plan for every game, you can game plan to stop Giannis. And he, he's doing an incredible job of that. The Heat, though, are built to beat the Bucks. They're loaded with shooting, great defensive team, and they just grit and grindy team that are just going to just beat you to sleep. And if you're not ready to come out and play physical, you're, you're going to lose. I think the main the main reason that he are winning is their play of their wings. You see Goran Dragic, Jay Crowder, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson all step it up during this series. And we haven't seen Goran Dragic make the playoffs when? 2016, 2015? It's great to see him get back into his groove and actually start to play at that all-star, all-star caliber level. And you see... I think the difference with the Milwaukee Bucks from this year and last year is Malcolm Brogdon. They didn't sign him. He's, he's one of the only players on that team that could shoot the three ball and drive and finish if they needed him to. And they're really missing that. And I just see no enthusiasm in that Bucks offense. Nobody's cutting to the rim. Nobody's sprinting to get open for an open three. And you just see the Miami Heat do the complete opposite of that. You know, Elliot, it's going to be interesting to see if the Bucks can come back. I highly doubt it will happen since no team has ever come back from 3-0. But I think it's a good time to move on to our fourth topic today, which is the Lakers dropped game one to the Rockets last night, which was a big surprise. And as we saw, LeBron James put up a donut in the fourth quarter, which is very interesting to see as LeBron is usually – player who is able to score all four quarters, but obviously last night he wasn't able to. Yeah, Henry, and you can always count on LeBron. I mean, he's a reliable player, and you would think he could lead your team to victory in that final quarter, which he has done many times in the past, but last night was just not it. And do you know what? 
That was due to the incredible defense the Rockets played, more specifically PJ Tucker last night. PJ Tucker is six foot five, I think, six foot six, something like that. And he was locking up nearly seven foot AD, six foot nine LeBron. With ease, that guy was incredible on defense. And you see Russell Westbrook and Harden stepping up, being the true stars on the offensive end, and taking that game away from the Lakers in that fourth quarter. Congratulations to the Houston Rockets. You figured out how to play in that small man lineup you guys traded for. So I think the Rockets are finally stepping into their shoes. I think Russell Westbrook and Harden are figuring out how they can be compatible throughout this playoffs. And I think the Houston Rockets have a legit chance to take down the Lakers in this series. If PJ Tucker can keep playing the incredible defense he was playing in eight or in game one. And if Russell Westbrook and Harden can have the chemistry that the Rockets need them to have on the offensive end. You mentioned the defensively, the defensive impact that PJ Tucker and this, honestly, the whole Houston Rockets team has, I mean, they've been number one defensively in the bubble, but let's talk about their offense. I mean, this offense is amazing to watch. You see Russell Westbrook, their practically offensive center, drive into the paint and just kick it out, and they just swing it around the horn about three times, wait till that shot clock is down to get the open shot, and your team is pretty much full of shooters. And, you know, it's they kind of built their offense geniusly. You see Daryl Morey, he hasn't made the best moves in the past, but I think they have a legitimate chance to beat the Rock, to beat the Lakers, excuse me. And I think, I know, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think the Rockets are going to sweep the Lakers like the Heat are up 3-0 against the Bucks. But I think this could be a long series, and the Rockets have a good chance of winning. You know, Elliot, that actually leads me into my question I have for you guys. Are you guys worried about the Lakers and if they're going to? get out of the series and even the next series and still even be a finals contender at this point? Uh, Henry, I have to say the Lakers aren't looking that impressive right now. You see their um, LeBron. I mean, he's not being playoff LeBron that we're used to seeing. He's putting up great numbers, but I, he's barely being or dropping north of 25 points anymore. I mean, this guy is, you can see him aging, and LeBron is still a star. Don't get me wrong. He is still one of the best players in the NBA, but this is not the playoff LeBron we're used to seeing, and that's a big problem for the Lakers because that's what they have to count on. AD, he's capable of dropping that 30 points that LeBron might need him to drop now, but do I think that the Lakers are still a title contender? Sure, I do, but do I think they're the team to beat I don't think so Andrew I completely disagree with you here I think when LeBron comes off the floor they they have their backup point guard set you have Alex Caruso who's who's shown that he can play in the playoffs he hasn't been bad as a backup and you just get Rajan Rondo back from his injury and I think your backup guards are looking set and you know Markeith Morris isn't a bad backup option at the wing and you know you're you're you might not be the deepest team but look you're never gonna not play Anthony Davis or LeBron at the same time 
And I think having one of those players on the floor at all time is good enough to put you as a finals contender. Yeah, and Elliot, I just want to say one thing. They their bench and their uh, coast or their co-stars, I should say, and guys who can help support their support. They're guys that can help support AD and LeBron, the superstars of that team, are not showing up this in the playoffs. Markeith Morris last night in game one of the round two, nine minutes, zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds. And 0 for 1 from field goal range. And you see here, and you get Danny Green. Danny Green was supposed to help this team tremendously on the three-point arc. Hasn't been showing up in the playoffs. And Danny Green, may I tell you, is the M- was an NBA champion last year and was probably one of the biggest offseason signings, free agent signings for this Laker team. And he was supposed to help them Willem to a championship. And th- this is not the same Danny Green we saw in the playoffs last year. It's not. Danny Green needs to step up his play as well as the Lakers bench. And also, I just want to mention one thing about this series so far and about the Rockets. I think people are underestimating Eric Gordon and what he's doing for this team offensively. I think Eric Gordon has been helping this team out tremendously from the three-point arc. I think Eric Gordon has been a very low-key offensive threat for this Rockets team and a very good third option down on the offensive end. You know, guys, obviously the Lakers are going to have to play much better than people probably expected then. But it's it's just going to be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the series. But let's move on to one of our last topics here, which is the Celtics take command of the Celtics Raptors series, but they did choke game three. And Andrew, how important did you think that game three really was? Oh, it was really important. And that was the game the Celtics needed to win. I mean, now you're just opening the door for the Raptors to get back in the series and have them turn up into the playoff uh, Raptors we saw last year. And now the Celtics are just letting them back into the series when they could have basically shut the door on them if they could win that uh, game three. And I do not think the Celtics should have lost that game three. And I think there was a lot of spots where they could have um, could have taken that game and made it theirs and won the game. But I just think that now the Raptors are back in the series. But I I do not think the Raptors will win the series. But I, now I think it could go to game six or seven now. Yeah, you know, Andrew – it was important for the Raptors to win that game because going down 3-0, that, that essentially makes the series over. But the Raptors now have a chance because they're only down 2-1. I still, as you said, I still think that the Celtics will end up winning the series, but I think the Raptors could take it into six, maybe even seven games now. Yeah, and Henry, but the, the one thing that I think is really boosting the Celtics in this playoff run is Jason Tatum. You see that guy, he's playing on star level right now. He's dropping about, I think, 25 points per game in, the, in this playoffs. And he is just taking control, taking grasp of the Celtics team. And then you have a veteran leaders in Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart. 
and you just see all of this just star power and veteran leadership all coming together now and the Celtics plan is working and now they're using their young talent and their free agent signings from the past years and now they're taking advantage of it and moving this team into a title contenders. I, I can confidently say that the Boston Celtics are title contenders and I think me personally, I think the Boston Celtics will make the NBA Finals and represent the Eastern Conference there. I do. I think the Celtics have been playing really impressive. I think Jason Tatum is becoming this key star of the Celtics team. And I think Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart are all helping Jason Tatum out with their veteran leadership. And I love the defensive play that's going on there with Boston Celtics. And I, once again, I can confidently say, I think the Boston Celtics are title contenders. You know, one more thing before we move on real quick, you know, we've been talking about a lot about players who play good in the regular season and then struggle in the postseason. Like Andrew mentioned, there is one player that I've seen in this playoffs that doesn't play very well in the regular season but plays incredible in the playoffs, and that's Jason Tatum, like you mentioned before. I mean, the guy was obviously still really good in the regular season, still averaging like 21, 23 points per game, I think it was. But in the playoffs, he's a different animal. He's averaging like 26 points per game, and he's he's that clutch shot maker, maker that the Celtics are using in crunch time. And it's it's interesting to see that only in a couple of years that Jason Tatum and even maybe next year could be a top 10 player in the NBA. But let's move on to our final topic for today, which is who is the team to beat in the NBA? Yeah. And Henry, the team to beat in the NBA, I think is the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, I think the Clippers are playing at, I mean, I can't say they're playing at their best level of basketball that they can play because I think Paul George has another level of playoff P to unlock before the Clippers uh, get into that key, um, key Kawhi Leonard, Paul George duo act where they're just dropping 30 points each and leading this Clippers team to victory. Yeah, I think Paul George has to step up his game. I think Kawhi Leonard has been playing uh, great per usual in the playoffs and I just think Paul George has to step up take that um, co-star role and helping Kawhi Leonard out shooting that three ball making it consistently playing lockdown defense I know he's capable of it we've all seen it before he just hasn't been showing up in the playoffs and I, I have seen little spurts of Paul George and his greatness and how good he can be in this year's playoffs, he's just not doing it consistently. And I think if all the pieces come together and if Kawhi Leonard keeps playing great, if Lou Williams keeps dropping 20 points off the bench, if Pat Bev gets – I'm pretty sure he's injured. Is he injured, guys, right now? Is he injured? Yeah, he's injured. If he gets back and starts playing that lockdown defense, if Paul George start making his threes, I think the Clippers are the team to beat. And to be honest, I think the Lakers, a lot of people argue me, the Lakers are the team to beat. I haven't been seeing it from their bench. I haven't been seeing it from LeBron. And I think the Los Angeles Clippers are the team to beat and I think will be the finals champion 
at the end of the bubble. I have to agree with you. I think the Clippers have a significant chance of making the NBA Finals. But I think guys are underestimating the Raptors' chance of winning this series. They're only down 2-0. They have the Finals experience. Coach Nick Nurse, 2-1, sorry. They're only down 2-1. And I think Nick Nurse has the Finals experience, and I think he is the best coach in the NBA. And that's over Greg Popovich and that is over Mike D'Antonio, and that is over Doc Rivers. He won the finals in the first year as a head coach. He's proven he can improve Pascal Siakam's game, and Fred Van Vliet is also improving every year, and Kyle Lowry is just the leader of that team, and I think the Raptors have a legitimate chance of making the NBA finals and beating the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, before we wrap up today's podcast, I want to obviously make my team to be I I'm gonna agree with Andrew here it's the Los Angeles Clippers you've seen from all the other title contenders I mean I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the Celtics the Raptors the Heat are 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 good enough to beat the Lakers and the Clippers yet but I don't even think the Lakers are on the Clippers level I think the Clippers if all their pieces start playing as well as they can and they're starting to do that I, I think they're the team to beat and it's not really even that close and you know, it would be interesting to see what happens. But if I had to make a prediction now, I think I think the Clippers are going to win the NBA Finals. And they're going to cruise to it just because of how deep they are, how well they're playing right now compared to all the other teams that we've mentioned. But I think it's the Clippers, and it's pretty clear. But with that, I think it's a great time to wrap up today's podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.